0: This podcast is a product of the Fourth and Inches Network,
1: a podcast network designed to keep Husky fans up to date on their favorite programs around UW.
0: Enjoy the show and go, dogs. Go, dogs. Go, dogs.
1: This week on the program, Evie Mason and UW Leah discussed the first conference wins in the Tina Langley era. The Huskies took down Arizona State, followed by a win at Cal. The Huskies took number two Stanford to the brink, only to lose the lead with less than a minute left. As Washington prepares for the Pac-12 tournament, Mason and Leah break down their first round matchup with Colorado. This is Pick and Roll, part of the 4th and Inches Network.
0: Hey, Esky fans, welcome back to Pick and Roll from the 4th and Inches Network. My name is Trevor Mueller. With me is Evie Mason and UW-Leah. And we are finally here to talk about a pair of wins and just a really fantastic effort down at Stanford and Maples Pavilion. Uh, and uh, Evie, I'm going to start with you because uh, I'm, I'm kind of mad at UW-Leah for you know, being in Mexico and where it's mm-hmm. nice and sunny. Uh, but I'm happy she's back. Although when she's there, Washington wins. So, uh, Evie, what's your, what's your overall takeaway from the two and one, um, last three games?
1: Um, well, I guess the main thing would be like what, what Leah said, I forgot one, but she said it before she mentioned how losing can become a habit. Well, it looks like they finally broke that habit. And I mean, obviously didn't beat Stanford. That wasn't expected, but it seemed, as soon as they broke through, they actually got a couple of wins. So yeah. you know what, maybe that can become a habit and maybe they can not lose the first game of the pac tournament because most people, most predictions are like saying they're going to lose. But I think I still have a little bit of hope They they might, they're not going to just roll over and, you know, I think it could go either way. So I totally agree with
2: you. I think that uh tina uh, right? yeah against colorado like i was chit-chatting with my dad who also follows the team and we're both in agreement that like everyone's gonna pick colorado of course it makes sense the huskies have two wins blah 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 but let's not let's not forget that like yes colorado beat washington by 23 worst loss of the season washington also was uh running a stomach flu we turn It turns out after the fact. So um, Colorado probably doesn't really have a good sense of the team that they're facing because, you know, I, I, if you ask probably anyone, including Stanford, the number two team in America, this is a team you don't want to face in the tournament. So um, they have nothing to lose. Colorado is looking like a pretty much of a lock for the tournament. They want to get a better seed. A loss to Washington would maybe put them out of the tournament. So
1: yeah. And they've got, uh, like I said, they've got way more confidence now. So.
0: Yeah. And you know, one of the things after you, you see them beat Arizona state against Cal um, Cal made a comeback at the end of the game and Washington was able to make the plays offensively to make sure that they won that game. And I thought that was a big step in the right direction for Washington. They still did give up a fourth quarter lead uh, made it really, really close. Um but I think along with that, learning how to make the buckets to win the game, uh, was really important. And then going to Stanford, one of the best teams in the co- in the country and leading that game for most of it, only to lose it with a minute left with, for a team that has five wins, this team is going in the right direction.
2: Right. I would completely agree with that. I mean, historically Maples Pavilion is a place is particularly in the Pac-12, but even around the country that you come in there and you expect to lose. And everyone probably outside of this team expected probably a blow up. I know I did. I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was, and even at halftime, I was like, okay, they're up by two still time for Stanford to blow them out. So the fact that, you know, there's nobody who makes halftime adjustments better than Tara Vanderveer. The fact that we withstood that, The fact that the Huskies were able to persevere that continued to show offensive confidence, which before um, probably the ASU game, I think we can all agree that we were just very stagnant when things weren't going the Huskies way. It didn't it didn't seem like they quit, but it was just very difficult to get into offensive. flow. after we broke through against the Devils um, to Evie's point, I saw so much looseness and confidence against Cal the likes of which I didn't really even see sustained in the ASU game. And, um, and it it just like, again, like I said before, um, once you start winning, it becomes habit. You know how to do it. You know what it's going to take. And clearly against ASU, we hit the free throws down the stretch, um, made it close against Cal, but um, I think probably having the experience of having a lead and losing it in the waning minutes against the Cougs probably ended up helping us. Like knowing that like, hey, this is losable. It's also winnable, but we need to make the place to make that happen. And they did. Um, And then taking those two games and not being just satisfied with, well, well, we got to split. It'd be easy to pack it in and say, we're playing number two Stanford. No one expects us to win. So let's just mail it in. They didn't do that. They played their best game of the year against the best team in the conference and maybe the best team in the country. So to Trevor's point, this team is like, it's on the way up and I expect really good things um, potentially this week, but certainly looking forward to the next season.
0: One of the things that they mentioned a lot during the Stanford game was, and Stanford was dreadful from the three-point line, but uh, one of the things that I thought was really uh, that they didn't talk about was the pressure that Washington's defense put on their shooters. There wasn't a lot of room. There wasn't a lot of open jumpers to be shot. And, uh, you know, you put your hand up in in a shooter's face for long enough. You're going to you're going to get results.
2: Yep. Yep. And I also think that. One of the the weaknesses of Stanford and potentially why they're not going to repeat as national champions is they're very deep, they're very big, but what they really lack in talent is at the point guard position, similar to Washington. And so um, Washington's able to put pressure on the perimeter and where they're going to get burned is in post because we don't really have a whole lot of depth. We expect that. But the fact that Washington was able to take away a big part of Stanford's offense, I found incredibly encouraging.
0: Yeah. And and of course, now we're looking forward to, to, well, when you're listening to this tomorrow morning, Washington will be playing at noon. Uh, the PAC 12 tournament is here, uh, for the Washington women. They're going up against Colorado. Like we talked about a little bit, we, we touched on it, but I want to get more deep into that. Uh, Evie, you covered the first Colorado game, uh, talk about what Colorado did to Washington and, and how you think this could be a different outcome.
1: That was a little while ago. But from what <laughs> no I remember. <laughs> um, from what I again, Leah can correct me if I'm wrong, but from oh, what I trying. remember from that game was it was just another example, but kind of like on steroids of how they in the second half, their opponent just is unstoppable shooting-wise, mm-hmm. like, actually in every way almost. And mm-hmm. they just don't miss, you know. And I don't know.
2: Am I, am I missing something? No, I think you're, no, you're right. Yeah. What you're right. Colorado. I feel like finished the game against Washington, like something like an 18 to two. And exactly. most of it was on the back of live ball turnovers at the top of the key. And, and it
1: was very like, cool.
2: Right. A little <laughs> bit of that can be explained away by the fact that the Washington was dealing with a stomach flu that was ramp- like ravaging through the whole team. Oh right, right, right. right. yep. So right. like, right. so that, that's why I say like, Colorado may have this false sense of confidence of just like, well, we kicked their butts, but they were also number one, they were in Colorado. This is in Vegas, the, the tournament. And number two, we don't know what kind of strength the Huskies were playing at. Um, I have a lot of confidence that this team can carry forward their um, near win at, at Stanford to understand that if, if you take anything away from that game or the Louisville game, you know, you can play with anyone in America don't let anyone tell you otherwise. And you have absolutely nothing to lose. They're probably going home and going to the NIT if they don't beat you. That's that's 100%. the reality.
0: That's so, a Resume-wise, that's a bad loss, regardless of how close. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. So um, I would be, if I were um, J.R. Payne, the coach at Colorado, I'd be very afraid of this first game. I'd be very nervous about my team because as much as you coach well, As much as you try to prepare your kids, sometimes kids look at numbers and they look at records and say, like, we should just be able to walk in this. And the fact is, you probably can't because Washington is a very different team than it was even three weeks ago. The confidence that this team has, the swag that they have, is something that I did not see a month ago. So I'm I'm hopeful. I don't necessarily think that they're going to win, but I'm very hopeful from especially – what we saw last week carrying forward.
0: If Washington wins, who is a player that stands out on the offensive side of the ball
1: for Washington?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, I think just like as a prediction.
0: Just you know who's who you know there, there's been Lauren Schwartz has had some pretty good games in exactly. the wins. I was
1: going to say Lauren. Um, Haley
0: Van Dyke has had some good good wins. Nancy Mulkey, obviously.
1: I'm going to say. Lauren Schwartz has had, I guess she's been a little streaky, but she also has had, I, as these games have progressed, consistently been, you know, kind of a driving force on, you know, the offense, in my opinion. And, yeah, especially as – I always forget that she's a forward. <laughs> Apparently she's, like, really undersized, but, I, you know, I never noticed that because she she's always such a, you know, yeah. present – but, yeah, if I, I had to choose, I would say, Lauren Schwartz.
2: I would say the keys for the game would be definitely get Lauren involved, but I think that uh, she's also seeing usually the, the the best defender because she shoots the highest percentage for outside of Mulkey. So um, getting her the ball in positions where she can be successful. So if Colorado elects to play a zone, making sure that they whip the ball so Lauren can get open looks. I would also say given um, – how hot Haley has been the last three games. If she can hit two to three, three pointers. I I like our chances. Um, If the the Huskies can out rebound Colorado, I like our chances, Mm -hmm. but um, obviously the big ticket item that we talk about every podcast is if you could take care of the basketball, you will always have a chance. Colorado likes to turn you over. They a big part of their offense is off of turnovers. So if you can deny that, Um, they, they kind of have a similar offense to Washington. They have more players and probably a little bit better players, but, um, it's a little bit more stagnant of an offense than I would like to see of a tournament team. And so if you deny their ability to turn you over and get easy buckets, I I think it's a, I think it's a close game. I think it's a close game no matter what. So,
1: yeah.
0: Now somebody who I think is done a lot of, uh, Growing on the offensive side of the ball when it comes to uh, limiting the turnovers. I think Trinity Oliver uh, has done a much better job of controlling the basketball uh, defensively. I think that she's been good all year, but she's coming more of an offensive threat and um, I think that if she has a game where she limits her turnovers and finds some of those players, uh, if um, I'm sorry Missy uh, Missy Peterson is able to hit a couple of more threes like she did uh, early in the uh, Stanford game. I think again, opening these these teams up, not allowing them to pack the paint and uh, mm-hmm. taking those drive lanes away. Uh, and then, you know, muddying it up for Mulkey. I think that Washington can have a chance if they can just loosen them up a little bit. And really, I think it's going to come down to the second half, right? It'll probably be a close game at oh, halftime and, yeah. half time. and uh, the execution and uh, the game management, uh, are, I think are going to, obviously that's been the theme throughout the entire year. We're not reinventing the wheel here. Mm-hmm. So that being mm-hmm. said, what do you guys think is going to happen uh, tomorrow at noon?
1: You know, One, another player that I wanted to mention, I forgot, was Jada Noble. She (laughs) literally, she can come off the bench and she'll, it's not, she might not do anything astronomical, but she'll come off the bench. She'll like get a crucial rebound. She'll throw up a layup, throw up a shot. And it's like, always at like the best time. So I feel like if we could have her, you know, on a roll there, maybe if they could get other players that can, you know, consistently do that, then I think we would win.
2: Yeah, I think to your point, I completely agree with you, Evie, and I, I would also call Jada Noble kind of the living embodiment of the culture of Washington basketball right now. Somebody who comes in who doesn't need all the accolades whose only desire when she's on the court is to make something happen make something positive happen for her team. If that means a rebound, if that means a defensive stop, if that means taking a charge, sometimes it means scoring. Um, I mean, she's also a really good uh, free throw shooter down the stretch. So um, she's just doing everything that I could ever ask a student athlete to do. um, Especially given the way the season's gone, I have not seen her intensity and her effort waver in any way. And so that's a great call out Evie because she's frankly probably my favorite player to watch just because of what she does when she's on the court. Even when she like makes a mistake, I could just see that she has a smirk on her face. Like I'm not gonna let that get to me, next play. That's exactly what I want in a player, so. But prediction, prediction for tomorrow. Okay, Evie, you go first.
1: Oh, this is hard. <laughs> um, as much as I hope I'm wrong, I am gonna go for Colorado, but it'll be close either way.
2: Yes, um, you just know
1: their pl- players they have. Just what I've seen, like I said, it could it's gonna be close, but yeah, uh, I'll guess Colorado. I hope I'm wrong, but. <laughs>
2: Well, since, since Mr. Mueller over there, the boss man did not start the crowdfunding for me to stay in Mexico. (laughs) What's that about? Because clearly that was the juju that was necessary. Um, I'm still going to wear my Mexico hat and, and, and put, (laughs) and put some good vibes out there. I do think the Huskies are going to lose. It's going to be close but I'd love nothing more than to be proven wrong for a third time this year. Um, I feel like when I predict them to win in a game that I feel like is very winnable, winnable the Huskies lose. So I'm going to predict them to lose and, and reverse psychology this. And let's all, just, let's all just pretend that I'm still in 80-degree weather uh-huh. um, and not in the monsoon that we're having in here in Seattle. So um, I think it'll be something like, I want to say like 67-61 Colorado. Um, but I think if, if, I think if it stays low, it favors Washington at the same time, the Huskies have scored more than they have in the last um, month in the last, in the last kind of three days, three days, three games. So, um, anything can happen. I do think Colorado probably wins, but gosh, I would not be in any way surprised to see the dogs pull this out. So (laughs)
0: Yeah, we're going to sweep that too. I'm right with you guys. I absolutely would not be surprised, but I'm also not going to be the homer, the only guy, the only person on here that's (laughs) going to pick them to win when they've only got two conference wins on the season. Although, you know, almost winning a third against Stanford is a big deal. So, uh, very
2: almost wins is something the Cougs do so. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, the only caveat I'm going to give is uh, Cougs don't ever uh, almost <laughs> no, be the number two team in the country. You no
2: know, Cougs have actually gone. zero and 71 against Stanford all time turns yeah. out. So sorry.
0: Almost wins are huge for them. Um,
2: but they actually only lost by seven, which is probably their closest game all time against Stanford. Sure. So. Um,
0: But still gonna, gonna pick them to lose. Um, I, I think it's going to be close. I think it'll be a two point game. Either way, going into the fourth quarter, and if Washington's able to k- take care of the ball, they win. And if not, yeah. they'll lose, and, and it'll be free throws and it'll end up being a five to six point game, like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Looking at the the tournament, um, <laughs> man, Washington uh, being the twelfth seed, that is a tough top bracket because yes. wh- whether or not you you got Colorado and Washington, the five and the twelve oregon state the eight and then arizona state that's to have the opportunity to play arizona and stanford so that is a tough draw we at the bottom you have ucla usc uh and then utah california and then the two and the three are oregon and washington state so uh i tell you what i'd rather be in that southern bracket but uh it looks like if Washington's able to move on, they're going to be going up against the wildcats who, you know, we saw you know them
2: what? and you know what they're, they're missing their big post player because she got her, her shoulder injured in, in the Palouse. Okay. So anything, anything can happen. Uh, and I guarantee, like, like I said before, I don't think that anyone wants to face Washington right sure. now, because sure, not sure. only are they not only that, that he's surging, that's a quad four loss. And yeah. if like I, anyone took that loss, they're looking at either if they're Colorado, they're looking at getting, booted out of the tournament entirely. Or if they're yeah. Arizona, they're looking at right now, they're looking at a three seed. They probably lose home court if they did that.
0: Agreed. So,
2: mm-hmm. um, so it's, you know, the, everyone's going to be super motivated, but, um, I think in terms of the tournament, obviously odds on favor to Stanford, but you know what Stanford has had a, a lot of really close losses. So, um, I would not be surprised to see Oregon beat them. I wouldn't be surprised to see Arizona potentially beat them if they can get Kate Reese back. Um, a dark horse is always a coug. Um They're very well coached. They have won, I think, five of their last six since dropping uh, the game to Oregon by 50, and the only loss was to Stanford. Um, they've been playing very good. Uh, Oregon state, probably not so much a dark horse. Arizona state's been playing like crap lately. So I would say that they're probably going to lose in the first round to OSU. Um, another kind of sleeper who probably people aren't thinking about are, is Utah.
0: I was going to ask you about that. You've been pretty high on Utah for most of the year.
2: Utah is a team that has vastly changed how they played the game this year. They used to be very defensively focused and they still are, but they are, they're just much more of a run and gun type team. I actually thought it was kind of a shame that Tara Vanderveer got coach of the year because I mean, as much as I I absolutely respect Tara Vanderveer, you can give that award to her any year. Really, she's the odds on favorite to, for coach of the year any year because she's got a full of a roster full of all Americans. But what Utah has done, they were like a 10th place team last year, and now they're potentially going to go to the NCAA tournament after having losing season. So to me, that's the coach of the year or JR Payne at Colorado. Um, teams that have outperformed what we thought they were going to do is what I'm looking for. If you're predicted to be number one and then you're number one. Right. <laughs> You know, I don't, I don't necessarily think that's excellent coaching, although I know she's a great coach, but she's always been a great coach and you can always give that award to her. Right. Um. So all I'm going to say is uh, Utah's another kind of dark horse team that I feel like could really sneak up and shock a whole bunch of uh, of teams if they're not prepared because they've been really in almost every single game that they've played. So, but I I still think like it's Stanford and, and you know, until you prove me wrong, it's going to be Stanford. So yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, we'll be back to, uh, Evie. I'm sorry, Evie. Do you have any, uh, any closing thoughts?
1: Um, I'm that pretty much sums it up. If I'm being honest. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I, I don't, until I see different, I, I would go with Stanford too.
0: Yeah. Yep. So we'll be back to uh, recap as long as Washington is <laughs> in the tournament and we'll see where, where this takes us. But for now, for Trevor Mueller, Evie Mason and UW Leah go dogs!
2: No dogs beat the buffs. Send me to Mexico.